Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the Off the Bench podcast on 104.5 ESPN. For more, follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore ESPN or on YouTube. Good morning, everybody. It is 9 a.m. on Tuesday, December 5th. Today in Baton Rouge, expect clear skies with a high of 69. Coming up on OTBOT, Nick Underhill of New Orleans.Football joins the show up next to talk Saints. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at OTB underscore ESPN or catch us on YouTube at the 104.5 ESPN channel and subscribe for daily content. Hour number three of Off the Bench, live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studio. Starts now. All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Jacob Hester and T-Bob Hebert. Yeah, 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 yeah! Off the, the Bench, bench with, with Hester and T-Bob. All-Star Toyota presents Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, welcome in. Hour number three. Jake, Mario, Taylor, no T-Bob, Bear. He is probably 901. It's been open for like a minute or two. Two beers deep at Epcot right now, and hopefully he's enjoying his family vacation. But it is Tuesday here. It is 9 o'clock, so you know what that means. We're going to talk to our guy, Nick Underhill, New Orleans.Football. Now, Nick, how you doing? Always a pleasure. Doing good, doing good. How you doing? How many beers deep would you be at Epcot if it was open for a minute and forty three seconds? Zero, man. I I, I don't partake. I, I have my own beer, but I don't I don't really drink. So I would be uh, I would still be at zero. You know, just fighting the fight. Uh, and I can appreciate that. You know, everybody's built a little bit different. And our guy T. Bob Bear is well. He's built the mostest. All right, uh, let's get to the New Orleans Saints and what we saw on Sunday. Kind of a weird game to break down. Uh, you turn the the TV on first play for the New Orleans Saints interception and you're like, Oh man, here we go. And then you look up, it's 21 to nothing. And like, that's discouraging. And you see the comeback and God, you can appreciate the fight. It's so hard to come back in the NFL. Typically that game ends 35 to three or it ends 42 to 10 or something like that. They fought like hell to get back into that game and you fall just short. So let's go through the totality of the game. Kind of initially 21 to nothing. What were your thoughts? It twenty-one to nothing. I I reached over. I, I tapped Mike Triplett, and I was like, "We gotta write that. This is the end." Like it, yeah. I thought it was over. Like I, I thought they were gonna have to fire everybody by by Monday morning. And mm-hmm. I know that's not their method of operation. They they want to be patient. They want to wait. They want to let the season play out. But if you get beaten in a game like that, forty-two to ten, thirty-five to three, 
50 to 10, whatever it looked like it was going to be. And you got the lower bowl of the stadium is all Lions fans. Everybody's booing your team. You got let's go Lions chance coming up through the uh, the building. At a certain point, it becomes a business decision. And, and yeah. you're losing you know, your financial base at that sense. And you're almost forced into taking action. And I thought that was the point that it had reached. And then, like you said, they fought back. They keep going. They, you know, I think it was enough to to keep it together. And you can almost look at this game if it was out of context from the rest of the season and find things to be positive about. I, I like the fight. I like that Derek Carr went 15 to 15. I like, yeah. you know, the way Chris Olave played. There were a lot of things that I thought went well during the comeback, but you know, it, it's just too much of that. It's too much of the same. It's too much of the, you know, just kind of being stuck in the mud and you kind of get to the end of it. And it's just like, you know, it's just kind of like nothing. Like, I, I don't really know how to put it, but, you know, the thing I would say is last year it was games like this where, you know, you kept seeing the fight, the players not quitting that attack got Dennis Allen year two. I don't think that's enough to get him year three. Like, you actually have to start winning some of these games. And this was just another lost opportunity. And the slow starts are a huge issue. And I thought the most interesting thing to come out of the game is Colin Saunders after the game said they aren't scouting them well enough and they aren't preparing well enough for what teams are doing uh, at the start of games. And we've seen it now like six, seven weeks in a row where they get off to these slow starts. So they got to figure that out. That's a coaching issue. All of it's a coaching issue. And it's just more of the same, man. And, okay, so some of the things that we wanted to see be better, uh, red zone offense, like it was, like your 4-4, like if you take a deep dive into it, though, Detroit, one of the worst teams in the league at, at stopping teams in the red zone, one of the worst teams stopping teams through the air. And so like the success, although it's exciting because you've been so bad, it's like you take a look at who you did it against and, and still like you, you kind of like, all right, was that really more of the Saints or was that more of the Lions? And so it's a weird game because like I want to take positive things from it, Nick, but like when you do like a deep dive into the analytics of it, like you should be doing those things. Yeah, and look, here's the thing that's going to end up happening with, with the way the season plays out is, uh, like you just said, they, they went 4-4 in the red zone against one of the worst red zone teams, and then the rest of the schedule is pretty soft. So you're going to see things that you like about this team down the stretch, and, and you know people are going to talk about it, and you know it's going to be, it's going to need to be put into context because if you go and you beat Carolina and you beat the Giants, like, all right, like what does that really mean? These are two of the worst teams in the league. You put up some better numbers. The red zone numbers are going to look better. Yeah. The offense is going to look better, and it's not going to mean anything because you're measuring yourself against just the worst teams in the league at this point down the stretch. Uh, the Rams is probably the only tough game less left. They look like they're playing uh, a little bit better. They got their offense going. That's going to be our game. But the other four leg are all extremely, extremely winnable games, and I expect the Saints to look decent in them. Uh, you know, the only real question right now is whether or not Derek Carr plays. Uh, yeah. I think he probably shouldn't at this point. Just I mean, kinda, we're talking about you know, two we'll concussions in, in four weeks, correct? Yeah, and then three shoulder injuries. He's got a rib injury. I think that there might be some wisdom in just kind of taking a step back, allowing things to decompress a little bit, kind of get everything under control, uh, get the narrative, just kind of calm down, allow him to get into a better headspace allow that frustration to kind of boil away a little bit and then kind of come back at it. I, I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world, but you know, I, I think they'll still probably win this game against uh, Carolina with James, a quarterback. And, you know, again, I think, I think people are going to be really positive about some of the stuff they're seeing, but I think it needs to be kept in, in proper context and hopefully them showing life against bad teams. Isn't the thing that kind of like erases everything else that happens sort of like as a palate cleanser at the end, because that'd be a real shame for them to buy back into this. When I think we have enough evidence to kind of know what it really is. 
So, Nick, obviously, like, we talk about the Saints every day. You talk about the Saints every day. So, like, when we're taking a look at what the Saints should do at quarterback, maybe we have different thoughts than, than others across the country. Like, if you listen to the announcers on the broadcast, they were surprised that Taysom Hill wasn't the quarterback. Like, when Jameis came in, I mean, I don't know how many times they said the Jameis experience. They must have gotten paid every time they said it. They said it, like, ten times, like, within three minutes. But they were, you know – thinking that Taysom Hill maybe should should be the quarterback. Like, what's like that noise like on the outside? Like, obviously, we're close to the situation here, and, and we think the Saints will put Jameis Winston in there. Taysom Hill will kind of stay the same. Like, is there a lot of people that think Taysom should be the quarterback right now with Derek Carr out if he does, in fact, miss this game? Yeah, it's, it's definitely divided. There's a ton of people that, that think that way. You know, sometimes I, I think that way, too. Yeah. I just don't think that they would do it. But the problem with going to Taysom is that they, you can't make the full commitment to him. And I will go down – you know, I'll, I'll I'll be on my dying bed wondering what it would look like if they would have ever fully committed to Taysom. I, I don't even think Sean yeah. Payton did it. I don't think I don't think they went far enough in that direction. They kind of like tried to add it in with what they were doing instead of just kind of tearing it down and building a whole new system around them. And I think he it could have succeeded in you know higher fashion probably. But here's the reason why I would go with Jameis. Like, I think that you can you could split the snaps if you wanted to. You could play Taysom yeah. more if if you wanted to, but. I think that you lose some of that element of surprise with your offense. You lose a lot of your creativity. There's just a lot of things you're unable to do if, if you go to Taysom full-time at quarterback. So I think you've got to use the combination and just kind of up Taysom's usage within it. And I think there's things that, that Jameis does well. I think there's things that Taysom does well. And I think if you get creative enough, there's a good blend for both of them. But, you know, look, Jameis has had every – and one of the reasons I, I say I would step back if I were Carr, Jameis has had every opportunity to steal this job and. True. He just hasn't. He hasn't. He's 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 come in and you know he threw the pick against Tampa. I think that was probably a, an unfair situation to put him in. Blew the seventeen point lead against the Packers. I think I think that was a bad situation to put him in. Um, you know it, it, the the Minnesota game. It looked like there was some weirdness there, uh, and I don't want to say too much here. I've heard whispers about some different things about just kind of yeah. like issues about like just you know things that were happening on the field. So. Until we confirm that up, I'm going to back off it. So right. I won't put full stock in that. But th this one, too, like he didn't throw a good pass this whole game. So th there were just some situations where, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think that he could have took the job and he, and he didn't. So if yeah. I were Carr, I'd be OK with taking the step back and kind of looking at it from that distance. But look, I think Jameis could play a little bit better if he if he got to start the adult game plan around him. I, you know, I still kind of want to see it. We haven't seen him with good weapons. He's got Chris Olave now, like. There's just things that I would like to see about it. But, yeah, I, I don't think that they go to Taysom, but I could see an argument for it for sure. So no matter who plays quarterback, you've got to run the football better. And that is something the Saints have just not been able to do. And I don't think it's because of who they have running the ball, A.K. Taysom Hill. Like whoever you give the ball to, it's been hard. And as I watched the end zone copy of the Saints this week, and I said it yesterday, I'm not sure where to tell the running back where to go. You know what I mean? Like I'm watching the play and inside, outside zone, no matter what it is, I'm like, as a running back watching tape, if I was their coach, if I was a running back coach, Nick, I, I don't know where I tell them to go because there's just not a lot there. It's guys losing on the front side. So when they lose on the front side, you want to cut it backside. Then the guy on the backside is losing and there's just nowhere to go. And it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. Like, and I keep picking on him and I'm sorry, but if Cesar Ruiz keeps blocking in the run game like he is, I'm not sure it matters what quarterback because you're going to basically turn into somebody who can only do one thing, which is throw the football for success. Yeah, look, they, they have not figured it out. It, it's a it's a massive, massive, massive disappointment. And 
you know, they got to start looking at everything from the coaching. You know, the, the offensive line coach, I, I think, has left something to be desired. You haven't gotten yeah. anything out of Trevor Penning. Maybe Trevor Penning's just a, a bust. But look, he wasn't even in there in the jumbo package on Sunday, which is just kind of insane at this point. You pointed out Caesar. I think Caesar's kind of been disappointing there. I, you know, across the board, I, I think everybody except for McCoy and in, in Ramchek, I, I think, has left yeah. a lot to be desired in that area of the game. And you know, that's what they have to be. You're supposed to be taking pressure off of the, these quarterbacks. Derek Carr isn't supposed to have to go out there and, and win games for you singularly. It's supposed to be like a, a supportive effort. You know, the one thing we've been hammering on the play action, you are seeing more play action. They're seeing a little bit more yeah. success with some of those plays. But, you know, if you're running the ball better, I think those plays become even more effective. So it's it's something that, that has to get we keep saying has to get figured out, has to get figured out, has to get figured out. It's like yeah. so we're at the end of the season. I know. They ain't figuring it out. It's it's you're it's right. probably cooked at this point, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a massive disappointment. Look at all the investment on that line. Like, you go Ugh. across first round, first round, second round, first round. Like, just down the line, and none of them are, are, are playing up to par. No. And it's 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 a massive issue. I mean, I think the misses on the offensive line and kind of just it, it, offensive line, defensive line, I, I think those things legitimately are going to set the organization back years because That's you got to keep going back to the well to draft them, and yeah. now you aren't getting better at other positions. So it's uh, – they don't have the money to pay them. You can't go out and like sign, you know, these dudes. I mean, they always find a way, but like, man, if you're, if you're setting up your contracts on guys behind guys, you drafted, you're double dipping on your resources. Yep. The only way their cap management works is if they don't make mistakes and they're making huge, huge mistakes right now on these positions. You're right about that. And so when I look at the matchup this week, well, Carolina, right? Bad football team, but they're fourth in the NFL against the pass. Now they're 23rd against the run. So that would tell me, what do we have to do? Well, we have to run the football. But I'm not sure that this Saints team can run the football against anyone. But that's what it tells you because they are really good against the pass. And so like the, I don't love the matchup. It's a bad football team. They've won a singular game. It was close the last time you played them. Like If you lose this game, we've been talking about it, and it is what it is. Dennis Allen, 10th worst winning percentage in NFL history as a head coach. If you lose to a one-win team that's already fired their coach playing as bad as they are, if that's not enough, Nick, then it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Look, if you lose to them in the Superdome, like, it is going to be it is going to be hideous. And I'm, I'm telling you, this this atmosphere on Sunday was was the wildest one I've ever been in, in the Superdome. I, I've never seen it like that. The only one that came close to it was the Bills. I think they're in 2020. There were a lot of Bills fans in there. But, you know, the, the Boo and Derek Carr cheering Taysom Hill going in. Yeah. The Let's Go Lions chants were loud, man. It was. It Detroit's was, not a team that typically, like, correct me if I'm wrong. I played in the AFC, but like, Detroit's not typically a team that takes over your stadium. Like, you'll you'll have that against the Packers or the Steelers or somebody. Like, Detroit, that's the team that's taking I, over your stadium. I've never seen it, but look, I'll, I'll with, with fairness to Detroit, I've never seen Detroit with a good team in my lifetime. So I <laughs> that is so fair. That's a hell of a point, Nick. That's a great point. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what they're like when they're motivated. They, they might have just been sitting back for two decades waiting for their moment. So th this might have okay. been it. But it was it was crazy in there. Like, it, it was it was wild. And if they lose to Carolina, I don't think we're going to see Carolina fans take it over, which might be worse for the Saints because that just means there's more anger in the yeah, building amongst true. their own fans. So they got to win. They got to win this game. If you lose this game, I mean, I think the city might make the decision for you. And, you know, I, I hear stories about, like, how Tom Benson used to get, like, cussed out out in the community and stuff. And, like, you know, that would kind of bring, like, like change to it. Like, I think this is the message. Like, and they got to listen. You you can't you can't lose to Carolina. I don't know. I Like I said, I thought it was done this week just because I'm thinking, like, 
okay, you lose this game, they turned on you. You're going to just bring the fans back here two weeks in a row to just tee off on you after losing this game in the stadium in that fashion. And again, I think they silenced a lot of it. You were hearing cheers by the end. People bought back in. But yeah, if you lose to Carolina, a one-win team, I don't know how you just stay the course. Yeah, and so like, I look at the Saints situation and – Look, they're the team because they, they haven't had a lot of success in their franchise history, right? Early 90s was fun. Early 2000s, there was some fun. But we know what the Saints organization is, and it didn't change until Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And then once it did, it's like, man, you had so many bad relationships, and you finally find the one, and you have the one, and it's going great for like a decade plus. And then all of a sudden, because life is life, the one even turns sour, but you're holding on to that one, Nick, because you don't want to let go because you remember the good times. You remember what it felt like when you found the one. And that's where the Saints are right now. Like they're holding on to the good times because they just didn't have a lot. And in some aspect, like I, I know what you're doing because like you've had so many few moments in your franchise history. You don't want to let go. You don't want that window to close, but it's it's slammed shut. It's no longer open. And, and that's the thing is like this team I think they can be more with something new, but it's just like they're holding on to pieces and no team in the NFL has really held on to pieces this long like the Saints. Like it happens, sure. Like and even New England, like in Bill Belichick, that might change this year. I think the Saints just have to realize that the one was great while it lasted, but now it's time to tell the kids. <laughs> I I agree. I don't disagree with, what, with anything you're saying. Look, I, I understand trying to keep it together. Like there was there was logic in it there was merit to the thought and process agree, but yes. it's just kind of in your face at, at this point that it's just it is what it is this is as good as it's going to get you had every opportunity this season to be a, you know run away with it i mean they, they had every injury break to where their schedule i think i've seen the other day is like third weakest in the nfl like they yeah. had every opportunity to run away with this thing and they didn't so the fact that you didn't and now your defense is part of the problem it just it just feels like it's run its course. It really does. And, and, you know, maybe we're wrong here. Maybe they went out or whatever, but like getting the playoffs, win a game. But like right now today, looking at it, it is hard to see anything else, but like, all right, they tried this, yeah. didn't work how they wanted. So what happens next? Yeah. Uh, man, gosh, it's just such a great run. Superdome. I mean, just peak of, of NFL fandom. I know anytime that I, I came in as a visitor, it was always weird, by the way, coming into the Superdome as a visitor, but it was always one of the best atmospheres that I played in in the NFL. It matched Arrowhead and all the great stadiums, Heinz and all those. And you still have the fans, but you will lose the fans if you don't start to change your ways. Uh, Nick, what do y'all have coming up this week? New Orleans.Football always doing the biggest things. What do y'all have coming up this week? Uh, right now working on breaking down why they can't cover tight ends, which is one of the wildest things they used to yeah. just, it used to be like, you, you didn't play a tight end. If you were a fantasy player, you had nope. a tight end going or against the Saints, back. you didn't play him. Yeah. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. Yeah. So trying to figure out that, uh, you know, just doing yeah. the autopsy of why this season is falling apart. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a great read. It's going to be a sad read, but it's worth it. It's going to be worth <laughs> reading while the Saints can't cover a tight end. Sam Laporte just caught another pass as we were doing this interview <laughs> nick man we always appreciate the time great stuff as always we'll catch up with you next week yeah take it easy man nick underhill new orleans.football is the site i mean absolutely covered from every single angle nobody covers the saints better looking forward actually to reading that tight end piece because sam laporta went off now he's been doing it a lot this year one of the more underrated draft choices that uh, happened in this last draft that we had because a lot of people scratched their head whenever they made that selection in the second round, but he has been one of the best players, but still 
Nick's right. Like you didn't play tight ends or running backs against the Saints. And now we're starting to see that narrative completely change. I mean, Detroit had so many big runs, it felt like, and you're giving up explosive plays to positions you just did not give up in the past. And, you know, there's a lot of things, in my opinion, and probably a lot of your opinions that need to change with the New Orleans Saints. I don't know why they're reluctant to do so. Uh, This is a team that should be far better. This is a team that has more talent than they're showing. This is a team that is still fighting like hell, but they're fighting like hell, and they feel like, they're at a disadvantage because of some of the situations that they're being put in. And now some of it is on some of the individual players, but there's too many good players on this team to be this bad. Tenth all-time, worst head coaching win percentage right now. 25 games under 500. 25 games under 500. And that's in 65 games coached. So it's not like it's 300 games coach and he's just this guy that continues to get opportunity after opportunity. No, it's not the situation. You've coached 65 NFL games and Dennis Allen is 20 and 45. Yeah, we were talking about it during the break. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on AFR when I filled in for Paul yesterday. Okay, so the Saints are 5 and 7, right? This is actually Dennis Allen's best record through the first 12 games of a season since he's been an NFL head coach, two games under 500. Yeah, Dennis is also, Y'all, I mean, <laughs> it's bad. He's also leading our Citizens Bank poll for today, which is who is the worst coach in the history of the Saints. The coaches are, the choices are Mike Ditka, J.D. Roberts, and Dennis Allen. And Dennis has 75% of the votes. Huh. One guy did comment and say anyone saying D.A. didn't see the other coaches who were. Yeah, apparently- I was about to say, like, <laughs> oh, man, I remember. Well, recency bias plays yeah, yeah, into yeah, that yeah. as well. Gosh, I remember, you know, gosh, the Saints, and if they got, like, a primetime game in a year, it was yeah. like, a big deal because they were that bad and there's been tough times and I think that's part of why they're holding on to this like you can't give me any other reason and I'm not agreeing with the reason let's make that clear I am not agreeing with it the NFL like the old joke not for long that's not just for players that's for everybody and if you want to stay longer than what the norm is and the norm's not very long you have to be great you have to do great things. You got to be consistent, right? You don't play in the NFL as a player for 15 years if you're bad. Hell, you don't make it past what 2.6, I think, is the average for an NFL player. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. There's a reason why it's so short. And as an NFL head coach, if you don't win games, right, wrong, or indifferent, your fault, my fault, whoever's fault, you don't have a job. And and I'm sure Dennis Allen's a great guy. I don't know him personally. But the Oakland situation was the Oakland situation, okay? You were bad there. 
And I chalked it up to, you know what? Oakland's just a bad organization. I've seen really good players get drafted there, and I think they were not the player they could be because of it. The leadership was bad. It wasn't set up for success, and I tried to hand wave that. Maybe that's the reason. It ain't the reason. This roster is too good to be 5-7 and seven with the schedule they've had. This roster is too good to not be leading a bad division. This roster is too good to not do the things that you have to do on Sundays to win games. Does it all fall on coaching? No, never does. But they have individual players that are still playing at a high level. Not everybody is, right? Offensive line, a lot of misses in the draft. Defensive front is, I think, better because you got rid of some of those misses, right? I think there's some things in the defense that they still do really well. Are they perfect? Not by any means. But you have to start to do things with this roster to win games. There's a reason why Jameis Winston is your backup quarterback and why you paid him money to be your backup quarterback in case this happened. Don't make that excuse. Nobody. I just saw Jake Browning throw for 350 yards against a playoff team last night. Right, Jake Browning is a really good college football player. You hadn't heard of him since. He just throws for 350 against the Jags on Monday Night Football and leads his team to victory, right? So there's not there, there's not an excuse. You have a backup quarterback like Jameis Winston. You paid him money. That I'm not going to give you that. Hell, you've got a Swiss Army knife in Taysom Hill that can come in and play quarterback, running back, tight end. Sometimes you use him right. Sometimes you don't use him at all. Sometimes you just waste him. Well, that's on coaching, right? So they have to be better. If they lose this game against the Carolina Panthers – inside the Superdome, that's won a singular game that fired their coach, multiple people on their staff because they were so bad, then the New Orleans Saints have to do something. Changes have to be made. You cannot continue to ask fans to come out and support you and not get taken over by the Detroit Lions fans when you put that product out there. Okay, The team is still there. The players have not given up on you. They are fighting like hell. I watched Tyra Matthew out there. He's fighting. Demario Davis, fighting. Carl Granderson, a lot of fight. AK, AK, I think, wants it more than anybody on the team. You can see his body language. It's one of, I'm trying to be the best teammate that I possibly can be, but you're making it damn hard for me. You can see it. You can see the frustration, and I get it. Trying to be the best teammate that you can be. But because you're put in positions to not succeed, it's hard. There's no way I should be able to turn on the tape and see a running back like Alvin Kamara and not tell him where to go on the tape because there's nothing. And everything that he's getting, he's making on his own. Now, yeah, the player's got to block better, but also, like, you got to come up with a scheme. You got to be more creative in the run game. Like, we can break down some of the runs that they had when we come back and some of the predictable runs that they've had, right? So, this game is massive to the Saints' future. If you win it, okay, you live another week. Now go get another one and go get another one, right? If you don't and changes aren't made, that's a shame because changes need to be made. You have too much right now invested in this. You have too many young players to not put a better product out there. So this game, it's against a one-win team in Carolina, but make no mistake about it. It's going to be key to the future of the New Orleans Saints. All right, we went in incredibly long we'll go ahead and take a break play a little catch up when we come back here it is otb off the bench with hester and t-bob espn baton rouge new orleans alexandria and 11:30 the tiger 
All right, go to gordongives.com, gordongives.com. Now, if you missed it, Alexandria, Lafayette, Lake Charles, Monroe, Shreveport, that deadline was November the 30th. But make sure that you pay attention to see if you were a winner of one of the 488 bikes that Gordon McKernan was giving away here during this holiday season. But if you are here in Baton Rouge or the Hammond area, remember, you still got a couple of days. In fact, you do have exactly a couple of days. December the 7th is that deadline. So go to gordongives.com. Over on the right side of that webpage, enter for your chance to win name, uh, your age, bike size, different bike sizes, obviously, because you're going to have different children, different ages, different sizes. So they even allow you to choose the bike size there. Follow at Get Gordon on all major social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, for more information as well. But one more time, two more days, GordonGives.com. In times of need, get a full list of phone numbers, website. OTB, OT, with Hester and T-Bob on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and 94.7 ESPN Alexandria. All right, welcome back in, OTB. Uh, we hadn't talked about the college football playoff today. We were about to get to that, but real quick, I said I would kind of give you an update on some of these Saints runs against the Lions. Or actually, let's go last, let's go last three weeks. Um 65 runs, 13 outside zones, 11 inside zones, 10 man concepts, seven powers, four counters, six draws, eight pull leads. Um, let's see if they got any more runs, like four kind of trick runs, reverses, different things. So the Saints are trying different runs, but outside zone being their lead run should never be the case. Uh, as Like if you want to see how to run outside zone, Watch Missouri. Watch Cody Schrader. If you want to see how not to run outside zone, watch the Saints. That's the run that I'm talking about where I don't know where to tell Alvin Kamara to run. And it's their lead run. Now, they are spreading the wealth. And some of that comes because, like the power runs, you got seven of them, four counters. I would bet those are all almost Taysom Hill. Right? Q power, Q counter. Don't do things that you're not good at. Right? Now, you might want to be a good outside zone team. You're not. It's just, it's factual. Like if I, let's see, if I kind of change the tabs on this, I clear all, I add the entire season. Yeah, by far your lead run. 413 runs, you've run it 126 times, 31% of your runs. The next closest is inside zone, which you're not really great at either, 16%. I think the Saints are actually better when they come right at you. When you have a struggling offensive line, it's always been my belief that if you have more man schemes, power counter, different things like that, you're better. It kind of takes out the gray area. Um, it allows you to be more physical. allows you to play faster. Now, you can't just do man schemes. I, I get that part of it. But it needs to be your lead runs. Now, it's not where the NFL is gone. It's not where college football is at. But it needs to be where you're at. Because you have more success when you run those runs. And a lot of that is with Taysom Hill. And so maybe that kind of clouds it a bit. But your offensive line, when you watch the tape, now you have an extra blocker. I get it, but I'm just talking about the fit, the individual fit on who they're supposed to block. It takes the gray area out. It's not ideal. You'll want to be able to run anything, but you know what? You can't. You're not good at it, but you can be good at man schemes because you've been, I think, much better 
success rate in man schemes. And so I'd say something to pay attention to, but I have no faith that the uh, the Saints will actually run some more of those man schemes. I think they're going to continue to run those outside, inside zones and more outside zone than anything else. Just two huge pet peeves I have from just watching broadcasting Saints games in the run game. Number one, stop running an option with Derek Carr, short side or long side of the field. I just mm-hmm. feel like that's not going to give you much of a leg up. And then whenever they do these double reverses, sometimes they'll fake a handoff to Derek Carr, yeah. which is also 100% wasted motion. Ain't nobody falling for that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like when they run the Wildcat and they line the quarterback up out yeah. wide. I'm like, like take, him, out there. take yeah. him out. Take him out of the game. Certainly, like, yes. Certainly, like, for the Saints, because of Taysom being in the huddle, like, you kind of yeah. can't, you know, predict what they're going to do. Yep. So you don't need the quarterback even in the huddle. Yeah, like, he can why, be the quarterback. Is, he can be out wide Derek and Carr, AK can be the Wildcat guy. Why are you faking anything yeah. to Derek Carr? If you're running that play, why is he on the, in, the, in the field? I don't Why is he in there? Yeah. Nonsense. A uh, mm, couple of play. I mean, the run plays, like, you know, Lynn Bowden played basically quarterback, running back, receiver at Kentucky, and you tried a couple things like double revert. Like, no, like if you want to have Lynn Bowden, by the way, it's Bowden, not Bowden for every announcer, Lynn Bowden. Um, like, just, just line him up in the backfield. Let him do some other things. You obviously want to get him the ball in the run game. Like, it doesn't have to be six different handoffs that ends up on the ground and, you know, potentially – Somebody else jumping on the fumble. But anyways, okay, that is enough Saints run game because that is not a good vibe. And this isn't going to be a good vibe for Florida State fans, but I think it's really, really well said by Dan Mullen. And so, again, I know this happened over the weekend. I know it led the show yesterday. It led the nation yesterday. It led the nation on Sunday night. But I'm just getting a chance to see this video. I saw the transcript. Didn't see the video until today. I think some great points here. Here is Dan Mullen talking about Florida State not getting into the college football playoff. The Wildcat with their third string guy. So the committee is looking at, especially I think that Florida game, and saying that, okay, this is what we have to make a, a determination on. What happened in that game? And based on the totality of where Florida State is now, is Florida State one of the four best teams? And I think what they decided, if not in these words, is this concept. Florida State showed in those two games that they're basically Iowa right now. They have great defense, suspect offense. Well, the same day you're talking about this Florida-Florida State game, the Alabama team, who we just shoved right in there to the greatest thing of all times, played an Auburn team who had been absolutely boat raced by New Mexico State. I mean, embarrassed by New Mexico State. The week before and needed an absolute miracle to beat an extremely below average Auburn team. And so, but I guess, I guess I'm sorry, that, that must, and that was not with their backup and third string quarterback. That was with Jalen Milrow, who is like, has to be, Jalen Milrow is the guy. They could barely win that game. So I, I think to me, and it gets into the biggest thing, and I love the, the criteria. The criteria is the best team. Well, how do you find the best team? Okay, The best team subjectively, well, it was already done. The best team yesterday going in, Georgia was the number one ranked team. Okay, So the committee thought they're the best team. They're, they're, they're the best. Like they, We don't need to see a game. They're the best. Okay, Because it's subjectively. Las Vegas had them as, as a big favorite. Subjectively, they're the best. Objectively, we went and played a game. And when you played the game, oh, lo and behold, maybe... They're not the best team. In the movies, the hero always wins. The best team who we subjectively think is the best team in college sports doesn't always win. Maybe who you think is the best team doesn't always win. So in the game of football, what makes it so special 
is you have to play the game. And when you play the game, someone wins and someone loses. And if you play it 10 times, it might be different. But in college football, you get to play it once usually. You play the game, someone wins, someone loses. And you know what Florida State did? All they did was win. Win, win, win. You're... That is incredibly well said by Dan Bowen. That's all they did. They won every game that was in front of them, including against LSU, right? Including at night in the swamp with a backup quarterback, right? Including a true freshman in an ACC championship game. And uh, Trevor Maddich, that's the other guy's name, right? Don't, don't ever tell me that Florida State's Iowa again like that. Look, I love Iowa. I love three yards in a cloud of dust. It's who I am. I get it. I love it. Don't disrespect Florida State like that. They're not Iowa. Are you kidding me? Iowa doesn't have a Trey Benson on their roster. They don't have a Keon Coleman on their roster. They don't have a Johnny Wilson on their roster. They don't have a Jaheim Bell on their roster. Uh, they certainly have, have, a, have a good defense, but they ain't got those Jimmys and Joes. They ain't got a Jerry Verse on that roster. Ain't no way, ain't no how. That is highly disrespectful. Tate Rodemaker could be Iowa's best quarterback of all time, potentially, if he was there. Florida State's not Iowa. Don't pay. Like ESPN, okay, we know. We know what you got to say. Good for Dan Mullen. Good for Dan Mullen for, for saying what everybody wants to say. It is played on the field. Every single swing and soul told me that uh, Oregon was going to hammer Washington, right? Um, T-Bob's betting guy that he always, my betting guy, my betting guy, my betting guy. Well, he's told me that Oregon State was going to beat Washington. They didn't. He told us that Oregon was going to beat Washington. They didn't, okay? Because it's played on the field. It's decided on the field. It's our 22 versus your 22. Let's go see. And Washington went out there, and I know we got to take a break. Washington went out there, and they beat Oregon for a second time, and Vegas told us they were going to lose by 10. Do not bring Vegas into the college football playoff picture again. Okay? Vegas gets it right a lot, but they surely get it wrong too. And they, look, they, they give you the point spreads, and, oh, well, Florida State played this team. It would be minus 12 and a half. I don't care. Florida State won every single game that they played, and it's just – just it's 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 almost maddening to see people try to explain it away because you know they want the TV numbers to be a little bit different than they will be. All right, uh, we got to take a break. We'll take that break now. More OTB when we come back. Off the bench with Hester and T Bob. All right, go to allstartoyotaofbatonrouge.com. Allstartoyotaofbatonrouge.com. And no matter what you're looking for, they have got you covered. They have a vehicle that would fit your needs, your family needs, anybody's needs, and it's available in every single process. So if you have a you know, desire to get a new vehicle, well, you can go and you can check that out. Actually, you can build your Toyota on that website that Taylor's showing you on YouTube. You can build it right there on that site. You can add, you can take away. If there's a feature like, hey, you know what? I'm not going to use that. It doesn't help me. Well, you can take that feature away. It is whatever you want. T-Bob got the murdered out mini. He wanted black on black on black, so that's what he got. So you could do that in the new feature if you want to lease. That's what I do with the Highlander, right? Incredibly easy process. You can go check out the full fleet. It's available in all the, it's just, you're not going to find that most places. Like if you're leasing, if you're renting, everything's available. Like a lot of times when you go rent a vehicle, there's like three options, right? That's not the case over at All Star. Check out those per day rental prices on their website. It's right there actually on the homepage. Go see them off Airline Highway as well. AllStarToyotaFBatonRouge.com. Our listeners fire up their opinions on the gymsfirearms.net hotline at 499-1045. Keep listening for your next chance to shoot us your thoughts with the gymsfirearms.net hotline on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Medicaid members, keep your address and phone number up to date to make sure you receive important information about your health insurance and you don't risk losing your coverage. 
If you get a letter from Louisiana Medicaid, follow the directions and respond to it as soon as possible. For questions or to update your info, call the number. OTB, OT, with Hester and T-Bob on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge and 94.7 ESPN Alexandria. Fantastic song. If you've never been to Graceland in December to check out the Blue Christmas Lights, uh, I would say that you need to go check that out. Now, I can't really advise anything else in, in Memphis, but I can tell you Graceland because I've been there probably like eight times in my life, maybe even more. Uh, it is worth something to check out. And tomorrow might be all Elvis Christmas music. Nice job there. Mario, I want to tell you about our friends over at Juvenile Medical. Juvenilemedical.com is that website. Get that consultation set up a couple of different ways. You can do it on the homepage, top right corner. You can call 844-951-2734. You can text them at 225-442-0646. That is the text number there. Get that consultation set up. You might be dealing with something. And you don't know what it is. You can't get to the bottom of it. Well, they can get to the bottom of it over at Rejuve Me Medical. Restore me, refuel me, rejuva me. Um, real quick, quick segment here. Bad clock management. Look, not my fault. Less Miles' fault. Uh, Willie Fritz, we talked about it yesterday. He takes the job at Houston. Disappointed? Yes. I think Tulane right now is a better football team than Houston. If they played 10 times, I think Tulane would win eight of those games. I truly believe that. But I understand why you make this move. And it's not a slight at Tulane. I think Tulane right now has some real juice. And I think they are going to be able to bring in a head coach that kind of is different than anybody else they've really ever brought in. Like even a Willie Fritz. Like Willie was like wanting to go from Georgia Southern and that, that was a big step for him and he did fantastic. But I think they're going to be in a position because of what Willie did to bring in somebody special. But when you look at his career – Right, he's at Blinn College, okay, and then he goes to Central Missouri. Now, successful everywhere he's been. He goes back to Sam Houston State, where he was a position coach. Then he goes to Georgia Southern, okay. Then he goes to Tulane. What do all of those places have in common? Well, some are lower level, some are you know junior colleges. Um, none of those teams and programs is in the Power Five, and it is what it is. Unfortunately, Tulane loses him to Houston. And Tulane was going to pony up $4.5 million was the report that they were ready to offer Willie Fritz. But I can understand why Willie Fritz would want to go test the waters in the Power Five in a place like Houston. Like, Houston's got money. Houston's got resources. Houston is, like, a hotbed of high school football. You could, like, stay in a 30-mile radius and build a hell of a roster at Houston. Now you have to go steal players from other places, but you, it can be done at Houston. So unfortunate because I wanted Willie Fritz to be a lifer there for the green wave. But Mario, I think we all understand why he did it. Yeah. I mean, the two things I'll say is Houston is also a really great stepping stone. When you think about Kevin Sumlin and Tom Herman, guys that ultimately got bigger opportunities. So maybe that could be on the horizon for Willie Fritz. And for Tulane, I hope it's not a situation like UL where they had a lot of success with one coach, that coach leaves and it kind of all goes to crud. So like you said, hopefully they can get somebody good. Any yeah, thoughts there, Taylor? I, I get it. Tulane is a better football program right now, but I think that's due to Willie Fritz. I mean, first off, Houston's moving up to the Power Five. Even if they weren't, you'd be hard-pressed to find people to be like, what's a better program and what's a better job? Tulane or Houston, 10 out of 10 are usually going to choose Houston. I get it. 
again, they are going up to the Power Five. Also, the Big 12, like, while it's a Power Five, it's also going to be very winnable. I mean, he can turn that thing around in two to three years, and yeah. he could be competing for that spot with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams. I mean, he's going to have a shot to compete for that year in and year out. I understand the move completely. Yeah, remember Dana Holgerson left a Power Five job yeah, to he go to West Houston Virginia. at the time, who was not in which that always the Power confused five. me. So okay, you know this it's a place that people have certainly, um, you know, coveted to be a place that they think they can win and they can win big. So look, hate that Willie Fritz is not going to be coaching Tulane. I truly do, but all the luck in the world to Willie Fritz. I think he's one of the best guys we have in the business. All right, let's take our last break. I think it's the last break. Again, clock management all over the place today. Do apologize for that. Let's take that break. Ask the Bench brought to you by Cold Cruise Light, Busy Heart Seltzer, Blue Moon, Light Sky, Citrus Sweet. When we come back here on OTB. Off the Bench with Hester and T-Bob. In times of need, get a... Okay, Simon. Okay. Okay, Theodore. 